Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Nick Candela alongside Ben Smith. Ben, how has hey your quarantine been going? Oh, I've had about uh, three inches of beard length. Uh, <laughs> I've got, uh, yeah, I, I'm just putting on the quarantine pounds and uh, trying to enjoy it, I guess, as much as I can. But how about you? you uh, we're, we're hanging in there, you know, we're hanging in there. We've uh, dealt with some of the complications that most of the country are dealing with right now. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, everybody's been safe, uh, healthy, um, and we're very grateful for that. And I know you with a newborn, yeah. um, you're probably enjoying some of the time that you'd probably be missing right now if you were going back and forth to work and things like that. So, you know, yeah. if there's a silver lining, it's being with the family and, you know, looking back on this crazy, crazy time that we're living through this, you know, li- literally living through history. Yeah. Um, looking yeah. back, you're going to be like, you know, was it really that crazy? I mean, thankfully, like I said, we haven't lost anybody. Some of our friends have been sick and have luckily recovered. But yeah. you know what? We're here to entertain people. Yeah. Uh, so we're hopefully we're going to have a nice entertaining podcast here for you guys. Dude, NFL draft on the docket. Um, yep. The NFL draft has come and gone, and it was almost like a godsend to us sports fans. Because Truly. you can only watch the 2019 MLB season for so long, and uh, only so many video games can really give you, no matter how many you've been simulating just to watch sports, the NFL yeah. draft with like actual analysts and football players, and it was just a little taste of normalcy. Yeah, I, I got to the point, I watched, no joke, I watched, I believe it was round one uh, USA basketball against Argentina, the dream team. Oh, yes. I found it on YouTube, but it had no commentating. It was just Nat Sounds <laughs> and a complete demolishing by Team USA. Obviously, we know how that ended up, but that, that was the extent of my, like, that's where I went, okay, I got to stop, like, really reaching for sports content. <laughs> round one Olympic basketball from, you know, the Dream Team days. From 94. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was bad. So like you said, I, I can't believe, you know, I think a lot of people with this draft, uh, I think the initial reaction, they were supposed to be in Vegas. They obviously canceled that portion of it. Uh, but the question was whether or not they were going to continue on with it, uh, period. And I'm so glad that they ended up going forward with it. Obviously, I imagine the last few weeks was full of headaches, full of issues of directors trying to figure out all the different camera uh, people that they have to send out to get feeds to different uh, locations, all the coaches, all the GMs, uh, all the players that they want to focus on. And then obviously you saw ESPN and the NFL Network come together and combine their coverage, which I thought was incredible. I didn't know that was going to happen until I turned it on. Yeah, that was great. And I was happy that that it was on local television and not just cable. So they had a bigger crowd. You know, they could have very easily said it's going on ESPN plus everyone's got to pay 50 bucks to watch it. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And I'm grateful for that. Cause I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, it's just a little taste of, you know, something that's not baseball from Taiwan. Which yeah, is exactly. I've been seeing a lot of lately. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the fact that they were able to combine their efforts and then the NFL network folks that weren't going to be on the draft coverage, they then got together and did the draft-a-thon online, which was raising yes. money for the COVID relief fund. And I, I mean, everyone at the, across the board with ESPN, NFL network, 
the NFL in general, and then all the cable providers and all the, you know, the networks that were involved in this, they literally did the best possible job that they could have done with this coverage, dealing with the circumstances. They could, like you said, they could have put it on a pay network or, you know, like you said, the ESPN Plus. They could have uh, just made it super simple and had just Trey Wingo six feet apart from Mel Kuyper and <laughs> night. And but they didn't. They they really went for it, and they really put on a hell of a show. And I, I couldn't believe just how well done it was uh, overall. And even Goodell, you know, from his basement with the uh, the fan cams behind him, that was a really cool touch. Uh, so he got his booze as he deserves a lot of the times, <laughs> and he kind of played yeah. to the audience with that. But uh, as for what they could do, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was great. And night two, uh, you, you saw, I think you could tell when he may have taken like a sleeping pill or like a Vicodin or something, because <laughs> there was like a point where he started to like really back up into his love seat. He started to sit down <laughs> on a chair and you could tell he was just getting more and more relaxed as the night went on. And it was so funny to watch. Just, he's like, all right, I'm done standing. I'm going to sit now and announce these names here. <laughs> Second round, and as it got to the third round, he was just chill, straight chill the whole night. So he had, he had like a glass of bourbon. Yeah, and he's just he's just <laughs> wafting it and smelling. It. it was so it was it was excellent. It was the best he's looked, you know, in terms of like public image in a long oh, time. Absolutely. And I think he did a, a TikTok video with CD Lamb after he was picked. Oh. And, and he was like virtual hugging. Yeah, all, all the people that were drafted. Yeah, so, I mean, every, yeah. everyone came across awesome on the draft, and I yeah. it was a fantastic show that they put forward, and uh, it was truly a unique experience. Yeah, now you mentioned the draft. I thought that was pretty cool. I kind of tuned in early where mm-hmm. it was just like four or five, you know, former players and analysts, one of them including one of my favorite all time prime time himself, Deion Sanders. Yeah, his quarantine beard, however. I don't know Whoa. what's going on because he's got that outlandish style anyways. He had this big three-piece suit on and just he laid it on thick. But that yeah. white beard, I swear to God, I don't know what's going on with him. I swear I thought I was looking at Al Roker. Yeah. He looked just uh, like the salt and pepper Roker. thing was going wild for him. Yeah. Right. It was it was a little nuts, but you know what? I got a beard right now that I'm not exactly proud of, but here. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going outside. Like who's going outside? Like, I don't want to go out. So he's just enjoying his time. He's a he's yeah. beard. And I'm sure, you know, it was, I was curious, would he have actually grown that out if he was going to be on the draft coverage in a normal capacity and not just at home? You know, I, I would, I'm curious how that would have been. Know. Yeah. Quarantines do strange things to people. I know that yeah. for a fact. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into this, Ben. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, this is one of the biggest drafts in a long time for the Lions. You know, uh, General Manager Bob Quinn said they're not in a rebuilding year. They're trying to win now. And people were all over them for that comment. Uh, you know, did they successfully tank for Tua? Was Tua going to be the man for them? Obviously, we know now that it was not. Yeah, uh, but there was God. definitely certainly a lot of hype and a lot of you know Monday morning GMs out there. Um, what are your thoughts on the Lions? Let's just start with the first round. No, we're not going to yeah. go through all seven rounds. Yeah, yeah. What were your expectations 
what would you have done and what did you think about the actual draft itself? Well, so yeah, yeah. The first round pick, it's who I wanted. I thought maybe if somehow someone would have traded up to two with Washington and taken someone else and maybe that, you know, uh, young would have ended up with trade. That was a outside possibility. Who knows? Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. And obviously it didn't happen. Washington didn't move. Cincinnati didn't move. Uh, but I was expecting, I thought it would have made sense for both the dolphins and for the lions to trade swap picks, uh, to go from three to five and make that swap. Obviously both teams didn't end up needing to do that, uh, because Detroit took Okuda at three and then Tua went five. But I was I was hoping the Lions would have been able to pick up some extra picks. Uh, I called their draft an A minus in my book, and it would have been an A had they been able to pick up a few extra picks by moving back to five and uh, still getting uh, you know the Ohio State defensive back. It, it would have been interesting, but I think it was the obvious choice. The Lions had the worst pass defense in the league last year, uh, thanks in part to trading away a starter. Uh, one of the leaders on that defense uh, early in the season. And then obviously Slay got traded in the offseason to the Eagles. Uh, Akuda was the only choice that I think could have been made at that number three spot. So in my book, it was a fantastic pick. And uh, just overall, the draft, like I said, I gave it an A minus because they really got a lot of surplus, especially in that second and third round. Swift in the second round, and then they picked up a couple more guys that could actually absolutely their first four picks could absolutely be starters come day one of the uh 2020 season, whenever that may take place. Who knows if they can play? I think first four picks, and then moving up for that guard in the in the uh third round there and getting him as well, the Ohio State guard, formerly of Rutgers, uh, I think was a great pick, and he's going to start right away at guard, most likely. So, I give the first round pick. I'll give the I'll give him an A, a solid A on the pick. Was it the pick that I would have chosen? No. Had they have signed Slay and then signed Okuda, I think that would have been really cool because then you solidify your backfield for the next couple of years. You got a pro bowler, and then you got the young rookie who's supposed to do big things, learning from him. I think that right. would have been the route I would have went. Now I'm not Bob Quinn. I don't pretend to be. Um, but I think it was a safe pick. It was the first time the Lions selected somebody that was actually on the radar to be picked at that position at their draft spot. So was it a surprise? No, I didn't really think we were in the Tua race, um, despite their best efforts of at least pretending like that to possibly get some trade offers. I don't know um, how many people bought it, actually, but or at least in the league. Clearly none, because everybody got who they wanted in the top five. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, but I'll give Jeff Okuda an A overall Lions draft. I'm gonna give it a B minus. Um, yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple, still for the Lions. That's still tremendous in my opinion. I would have went Simmons in the first um, because we got rid of Slay. Um, that secondary, yes, did, did it need improvement? Yes. We also need to get pressure on the quarterback because we were the worst team in the league at doing that. And we need a linebacker. So I think Isaiah Simmons would have been my pick because he's so versatile. He can play as an edge rusher to help get to the quarterback. You can move an outside linebacker to cover some of those speedy backs that get out in the flats. You can even drop him back as a nickel or even in a dime situation where he can play safety and get all the way back there. Um, His versatility is the reason why I would have picked him in the first round. Um, But I don't hate this Okuda pick. 
certainly do not. Uh, now, as we get deeper into the draft, some things that I wasn't happy with. Um, I wasn't happy with two consecutive guards. Um, you know, I understand the need for depth. I understand that there's a need uh, for competition and practice. And I know we just lost a linebacker, uh, excuse me, an lineman. Um, yeah, Wagner. It was just weird. Yeah. Like we went out, yeah. we got kind of this undersized guard. He's only like 6'1", 6'2", um, known primarily as a passing, or excuse me, as a run blocker, um, even though we dropped back and we passed the ball a lot. Talk about um, the guy from Philly that didn't really start and we gave him a big contract? No, I'm talking about our draft pick. Oh, the draft. I thought you meant the free agent we brought in. Okay. No, I'm talking Jonah Jackson. Jonah Jackson, Jonah, yeah, yeah. Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. So he comes yeah. from a heavy run offense. They do a little bit of spread, not so much with the last quarterback they had, but um, obviously successful running backs. And I'm not saying the guy's a bust. I just think going Jonah Jackson in, you know, with pick uh, 75, and then, you know, in the second, your third, excuse me, your second draft pick in the third round was a guard. And then your first draft pick in the fourth round was another guard tackle kind of hybrid guy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm there was actually, another guard after him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Stenberg from uh, Kentucky. Yeah, Stenberg from Kentucky. And then, um, and then they got a couple of D linemen and then the two running backs, but going guard guard, uh, was interesting to me. I do like that pick out of Kentucky. Now that kid is a monster, 6'6", 317 pounds from Kentucky, a guy with a chip on his shoulder. He's known for kind of being like that mean, dirty player, not quite incognito, but maybe, maybe like an Ogden or, uh, you know, one of those like prolific, uh, what's the other guy from Michigan um, a few years ago? Not Jake Glasgow. Long. I'm sorry? Oh, I, thought you, I thought you were saying Glasgow, no. No, uh, the name is losing me for whatever reason right now, but he's one of them tough guys who loves to push people around. He's a little bit better pass blocker than Jonah Jackson's known for. Again, just I'm just a guy sitting in my office during the quarantine, okay? These are just my thoughts. I know football a little bit. I coach it. I played it. Um, I'm a fan of it. I'm a, you know, I, I love learning about it. I watch film just for fun. Um, that would be the pick that I was most concerned about is the Jonah Jackson. I thought there was a couple other needs they could have gotten there in that third round. Um, but I do love the uh, Aquara um, pick yeah. in the third round. I think that's a steal. That's I think a he's a high value really guy right there. Yeah. 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 That was a high value guy that I couldn't believe. Obviously he was there due to injury and uh, there in the third round, but if he's able to do what he did uh, in his junior season and sophomore season at Notre Dame, I have no right. doubt that guy's going to be a huge addition to our, to our defense. And I think they're going to have him rush the passer. They're going to have him do a lot of different things. So I think, uh, again, that's one of those Okuda, Swift, Aquara, and Jackson. I think all are guys that are going to be starting in day one, uh, whether or not that means that we're a talented team, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're a talented team. If those four guys start, but it just means that they got guys who can take the field right away uh, with their first through through, uh, third round picks. And not only that, I guess you, then you were a little disappointed in the fact that they had to move up to get Jonah Jackson. Yeah. uh, That's why I didn't understand. Yeah. They had to give up a pick or two for, uh, so 
you just have to have faith in, that they know what they're doing in, in a sense and that they saw something that's going to fit our scheme. And well, well history it, isn't on their side with that. Now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got to just have a little faith, I guess, that uh, Quinn at least has some idea of what he's doing. Um, if not, maybe we can hire uh, Bill Belichick's dog, Nike, to make a few picks. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Patricia needs to cut the sleeves off his hoodie or something. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. He dresses the same at home as he does at work. That's incredible. <laughs> I wish I could do the same thing. I know. Although right? I, I can't complain about my wardrobe lately. Yeah. I don't think I've worn anything with a button in like three yeah. weeks. So that's yeah, cool. I put on jeans the other day and I was like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> I need what more is- room. Yeah. I mean, I'm confined. <laughs> um, all right. So you gave uh, your thoughts on the Lions, you know, the draft. You gave them your draft pick. You gave them a high mark, a minus, yeah. what was it, a minus? Uh, I gave it a minus just because we, uh, for the early picks, just because I would have liked to have seen them at least move back a little bit and picked up a few picks, but uh, they got a lot of the guys that I was looking out for. And, uh, you know, I think a guy that we haven't talked about, uh, probably because he's a late round pick, but Quintess Cephas could potentially be a huge get, obviously, he missed the 2018 season due to him being charged with sexual assault. He was found not guilty. Uh, a lot of those issues are going to be there for this young man going forward. But uh, he is a talented guy. I think Okuda was the one that said he was the best receiver in the Big Ten that he covered. Like yep. uh, so, Which is easy to say when you find out he's your teammate. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think he said it before they were teammates. He may have. Yeah. I, I think he may have. But, you know, obviously – the track record says that he's not a good dude. He was found not guilty. So that's behind him, but hopefully uh, his talent is able to shine through and he's able to, you know, keep not being a, a menace to society in a sense yeah. that, you know, being charged with crimes like that. Uh, so hopefully he turns that around and he can be a, a big addition. And he's kind of a Kenny Galladay type, a big guy who can uh, get open in the middle of the field and kind of take a hit. So hopefully that's another guy that, you know, a sixth round guy that can hopefully be a good addition to the squad down the line. Yeah. I think where he was picked up is going to be in his favor yeah. because for a fifth round pick, you don't really expect a whole lot, but the guy's talented. He kind of reminds me of like an Anquan Bolden. He's only six one, yeah. but he's over 200 pounds. So he's just that solid guy. He's a solid route runner, yeah. great hands. We saw him make some spectacular catches. I, one in particular was against uh, Michigan State that I saw. You kind of went up, exactly, and yeah. zone, tipped it, yeah. fell into it. So the yeah. guy's athletic. His 40 time is a little bit of a concern as far as hopefully he'll be able to get open in a league. Yeah. Uh, such and, as this. You just mentioned you just mentioned Anquan Bolden, almost the exact same 40 time. As exactly. He was like a 4-7 or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. But – you know, 40 times are, in my opinion, one of the most overrated uh, analytics in all football because if a guy can play football, that's what I'm worried about. Right. You know, especially he's, what, 21 years old. He's not yeah. going to lose any steps anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, he can still be developed and even gain a step or two with the right, you know, instruction. Right. Um, but I think the biggest surprise for me was the pick of DeAndre Swift uh, in the second yeah. round. Uh, that was okay. Like, you know, you're sitting there watching, you're like, Dobbins is there. Swift is there. You know, there was still a bunch of all-stars in the waiting uh, there in the second round. And then all of a sudden we get, you know, the guy. 
yeah. the guy of the second round. Um, I'm really excited about this with carry on Johnson's ability to kind of power the rock and uh, hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy because he's a great back when he's not limping. Um, right. But Andre Swift comes in and he is just that guy that can run the ball on first and second down, you know, catch the ball on third down. Uh, he's going to make some plays. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that there, there always this, there's these things that happen during the draft where you're like, man, this all-star is available. If the lions or whoever your team is, you always, you're, you're hoping that they take the big name, you know, that there's right. always that moment. I've heard of that guy. Yeah, I know him <laughs> and I've watched him and I know who, what he can do, but usually it's all. And then they like take a guard from, you know, middle of nowhere, State. Right, it's a B3 school in North Dakota or something. Exactly. And you're always like, oh, okay. It's like when, uh, that year that Goster Cherilis and Jordan Dizon were our first couple picks. And I remember Dizon got picked and I was like, all right, I think someone else was there that could have been taken, but an under yeah. linebacker from Oregon, fine. Uh, but, you know, Swift is there and he's easily the top running back in the draft. Him and J.K. Dobbins, I think, were kind of those one and two there, in, at least in my book. And uh, for not only is he a good runner, but an excellent pass catcher, which is something carry on Johnson came into the, came into the, his rookie year as being known as a good pass catcher, but obviously injury concerns going into his third year. If he gets injured again, he now is injury prone. Like that's just his title. Um, But a guy that could get out of the backfield in this lines offense and catch the ball. uh, He only dropped three targets out of his 73 career catches. Uh, There's, 73 catches and only dropped three targets that entire career. That's incredible. And nine yards a catch. I'll take that anytime. And obviously he's a big time runner. Uh, and then he has the ultimate football dad also as well. Yes. Just jack no insane. That. Uh, so that was uh, a <laughs> addition, but no, you're right. I think that may have been the steal of the draft is having him fall and the Lions actually going, yeah, we need to make sure that we have that running back position squared away because in the past few years, that just hasn't been the case. Even when carry on Johnson's healthy, we haven't had that guy who can carry the rock and kind of come in and be that all around back. And uh, so I'm going to be excited to see if carry on Johnson can stay healthy and then this, these two together and what they can do in that backfield. No doubt about that. And then just to kind of wrap things up with the Lions portion of the draft talk, um, somebody that I wanted to talk to, uh, we got him in the fifth round uh, right after uh, Quintus Cephas with our 27th pick in the fifth round. Jason Huntley out of New Mexico State. He's a running back, obviously, from New Mexico State. A lot of people aren't going to know him. But this kid is lightning in a bottle. I, I watch obscure games sometimes, and I – overanalyze the draft and I, I try to learn who these people are. This guy reminds me of um, Jalen Samuels a little bit from, huh. from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, came from a small school, but he was, he had a huge role running back receiver, punt returner, kick returner, that kind of a guy, like an Agnew, uh, yeah. you know, the role that he has for the Lions Now I think having another guy who can come in and just change the pace, whether on offense or just to give you a little bit of depth in case like Bo goes down or something, Scarborough or Agnew goes down, you know, that's a high risk position, kick returner, punt returner. Um, just to have another guy. And yes, he's just a fifth round running back from New Mexico state. I'm, 
I'm going to kind of pay attention to this guy's career and see what ends up happening with him. He's just one of those guys that you kind of just feel like he's going to come out of nowhere and really uh, maybe give like a, some special teams help for this team. Yeah. That'll really uh, kind of bring things together for this Lions team. Yeah. I, I think if he's going to make the roster, it'd probably be uh, Ty Johnson's position. Uh, he would probably take that position as like a third down, as you say, kick returner type of player. Uh, so hopefully he does make the roster. Cause yeah, you know, seeing the highlights of him, you know, at this point in the draft, it's like, we got to see highlights to understand what kind of player we're dealing with. Right. No one watches, no one really like sets out and watches New Mexico state Aggies football, you know, it's not <laughs> a, a tune in types. I don't even know when they're on or if they're on around here. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch and, you know, unfortunately, the way this works is if Swift ends up being the kind of player we think he is, no one's going to remember Huntley. Or if Huntley right. ends up being that guy and he's able to get on the field and make some plays and end up being like a Darren Sproles type of guy, a kind of late round little dude who can do a lot of the things that Darren Sproles could do. Maybe he becomes that guy. But, it, you know, when you have two positions or the one position drafted in two different rounds, normally the earlier round guy comes out on top or uh, you hope anyway. So, yeah, you're paying exactly. that guy a lot more. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be interesting to watch and see uh, how Huntley comes along. Yeah. And we also had a couple, um, not really natives of, you know, warm, but locally uh, a couple of young players get drafted. Uh, one of our former coworkers, Deshaun Davis had uh, some schoolmates drafted uh, from Farmington yeah. Hills, Harrison. Yeah, yeah. So not only him, and then there was a the Penn State receiver that went, uh, I believe, Jacksonville, maybe. I, I can't remember exactly where he went, but yeah, some local kids were able to uh, get on the board, if you will. The Penn State receivers from, uh, I believe, uh, Plymouth or Pontiac, one of those. But a local kid, as you said, it, it's going to be, it's fun to watch and see guys like uh, that come around from this area that uh, make it to the NFL. You no know, Warren guys that I'm aware of or you know, the greater Detroit area. We know Donovan Peoples-Jones was uh, probably the most high-profile name around here, former Cast Tech receiver and uh, Michigan receiver as well. Went and to as the- a guy who is a graduate from Utica Eisenhower, his catch in the state semifinals his senior year still breaks my heart yeah. as uh, Cast Tech went on to win that game 7-6 to six in the snow. Yeah. Oh, breaks <laughs> my heart. Yeah. But I guess it worked out. <laughs> yeah. It worked out for all parties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, ben, well, uh, you know, as we kind of wrap things up here, it was uh, great seeing you. Great yeah, to uh, talk sports again. Um, we're going to have some more sports, uh, some more podcasts like this. Um, plus, we might sneak in a few other things, you know, not just sports, but might get into some of the uh, you know lifestyle and uh, just community togetherness and some of the cool things that uh, – the world is connecting with right now and the technology yeah. that's being used and just neighbors helping one another. It's, you know, it's terrifying and it's calming all at the same time. It's just a, yeah. a unique situation. Yeah. It's interesting. Obviously we're doing this on zoom and uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of using this technology and it'll be interesting to talk to folks who, you know, I'm really curious with folks using telemedicine and uh, you know, vets are doing that too. Uh, it, you know, you're just seeing all these different facets of having to distance yourself from the rest of the world right now. 
and how it's kind of playing into the everyday life of people. And uh, yeah, hopefully, like you said, we're able to kind of expand on this podcast a little bit. This was a podcast we've been talking about doing since like January yeah. is when we first started to discuss it. And uh, obviously with everything that's happened and sports pretty much being canceled and all these different things, we hope that eventually down the line that this will, uh, will uh, continue on and be something that we do uh, every so often. And we can uh, bring some sort of entertainment to you guys as uh, as life continues on, at least until May 15th. And maybe who knows beyond that, we'll have to see. I appreciate you joining us here on our podcast. For more podcasts like this, make sure you tune in to mywarren.org. Again, that's mywarren.org. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Ben, peace out, brother. All right, we'll see you guys later.